to another episode of the Last Ones In podcast, where being late to the party isn't a bad thing. I am your host, Jariah Archuleta, and with me today is E. Hello. And then coming in through the internet, we have Robbie. Hello. And today, Robbie, what's the movie that we'll be taking a look at? So the movie that we're looking at today was a movie that Jariah asked to be lighthearted and not too silly, which I had a little bit of a hard time finding. And so we ended up deciding on a movie called Spirit, the Stallion of the Cimarron, which was a 2002 DreamWorks animated film. Seemed like it could be lighthearted enough. I, uh, I remember having seen it. <laughs> I cannot tell you anything that happens in this movie at all. For me, it's kind of like I remember parts of it, but it's... You know, kind of like going through a cave with a broken flashlight. A strobe party. Sure. <laughs> it's the whole time. Yeah, so it's a 2002 DreamWorks movie about a raving horse then. Nice. Sweet. That so sounds it's all cool. raving parties. <laughs> you just, if you like increase the year, it probably would be a DreamWorks movie still. Yeah, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if that was in 2002, I would not question that. Uh, but before we really start getting into that, What's going on in your life? I animated, and that's basically all I did in the last week. <laughs> it looked cool, though. Yeah. You got like a good 10 seconds of animation out of that. Good six seconds, yep. <laughs> I was worried. I, I kind of looked out. Part of it's just in black and white, so I didn't yeah. have to color that part. <laughs> but yeah, it was, a, it was a birthday gift for my brother, and like I started sketching it a lot earlier. And then uh, work, and I was like, <laughs> oh, man, I have three days to finish this animation. <laughs> yeah. So that was an experience. I love animating, but, man, it's such a... It's time-consuming. Yeah. And I always forget to eat when I do it. That's bad. You yeah. should eat. I know, but I'm like, I'm in the zone, you know? Especially for you, that's insane that you forget to eat. <laughs> what, are you saying something? You love food. That's all I'm saying. You love food. <laughs> But yeah, so that was basically it. I didn't even like play anything either. I played uh I played some Super Smash Brothers Melee for like ten minutes. That's that's mostly it. Yeah, that's that's a something. Yeah. Cool. And uh what about you, Robbie? What's going on? Uh kind of more the usual. Um I feel like the company I work for is getting a bit more desperate because they're having me train people on how to do the process that I run. Cause for a little while there I was the only one in my shift doing it. And there are other people that knew how to do it, but they have them busy doing other things. What if you're just good at that thing? Nah, that can't be it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that is kind of crazy. Like, you've been there for like three months or something, three or four months, and they're like, yeah, hey, yeah, Robbie, that... what if you train all of our new people? Yeah, that's why it feels a little bit weird. I'm going to be yeah. honest, because like the last time I trained somebody how to do a job, like I had been working there for like three or four years, not three or four months. Yeah. So uh, there were people training me at my job that were there one week before I was there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is where I think the break room is. Nobody's showed me yet, but I'm pretty sure yeah. this is the break room. Well, like when I got trained, I actually was told incorrect information about how to do certain things. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then, I, you know, then I get chewed out later. <laughs> Yeah, I've gotten a little bit of that in my job, too. Like, a good example of that is uh, while I was trying to train one of the guys, uh, he loaded in a part backwards. And so whenever the tools went to go cut it, 
it just started breaking a whole bunch of tools. And so I basically spent that entire night just fixing the broken tools that he did. And then uh, we have a setter to like help. Uh, yeah, we have a setter to like help make sure that, you know, they cut at the right distance whenever you put them in the machine. Apparently there's a pro are different programs for that. And nobody told me. So all of them were off by a certain amount. And so like the first parts that I cut after replacing all the tools were off by 10 thousandths of an inch, which was enough to make them bad parts. It, <laughs> it was a night. It was definitely a night. Do you have to write like a 10 page essay on how you'll never do that ever again? No, it was more like uh, whenever first shift came in and they're like, how come everything is off by 10 thousandths of an inch on this? And it's like, well, I put it on the loader over there. It's like, did you put in the 411 program? It's like, the, the what program? It's like, yeah, there's, because uh, they looked at it. It's like, yeah, it's the three, uh, you're on program three. You have to go on program four dash 11. And it was like, okay, nobody told me that. <laughs> Wasn't so-and-so supposed to help you with that? It's like, yeah, he was supposed to, but he was behind on his, uh, on what he was supposed to do. So he just like, he's like, oh, you know how to change tools. I was like, yeah, I'm pretty sure I can figure that part out. And like, okay, well, how come we didn't use the setter in the machine? And I was like, okay, nobody showed me how to use the setter in the machine either. You should have just gone whole hog been like, yeah, it was actually an artistic decision. Yeah, that would have went over well with, the, uh, with first shift. <laughs> yeah. Just like, yeah. It's actually my ploy to destroy this company from the inside. <laughs> I've worked for the competitor the whole time. Awesome. Yeah, fun stuff, right? <laughs> yeah. But uh, I guess we should probably also ask, since I feel like beating E to the punch this time around, how's our <laughs> esteemed host today? Uh, good. I feel like my brain is in like a dozen different places. We've ju I just started realizing like yesterday how close the end of the year is. Yeah, it's almost Christmas. Yeah, yeah, yeah we're, and we've been... We are past the halfway point. Yeah, and we've been talking about, like, the plans that we have to do for, like, the one-year anniversary slash, like, end-of-the-year stuff for our uh, podcast here. And, uh, we gotta get on that. <laughs> <laughs> it's coming up in November, isn't it? Yeah, like, we don't have much time to do what we need to do, which means we gotta start recording... Like, a lot of stuff soon. So, yeah, I'm starting to put together in my head what needs to be done. We'll have to talk about that, I guess, off the air, because... Uh... Anyway, let's get on to this movie here. DreamWorks. It's about a horse. What's the More back less, of the box, yes. Robbie? Don't <laughs> even get to guess first? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you go first, E. Okay, hello. Uh, so, this is a movie... About a horse. This horse is a majestic field horse. But oh no, someone caught him and is trying to tame him. But you can't tame this horse. He's a Freemason. So what they do is probably the daughter, I don't know, sets the horse free and the horse gallops into the sunset. Uh, and also, I'm going to guess the horse is voiced by a white brown hair blue eyed man <laughs> that sounds you are ridiculously close actually nice <laughs> huh. uh, I, I was gonna say that this is probably something about Indians but instead of Indians they use horses <laughs> probably that too <laughs> <laughs> but also the spirit thing sounds good that sounds like it probably fits into the title a little better <laughs> oh second guess free willy but a horse Ooh, I, I've seen that right I don't, I haven't, I know that. For I fact. have, I was a kid last time I watched it. Like once again, like 
the last time I watched Spirit, it was still a new movie, but I still have like, you know, I have some recollections of some things that happen in it. Like I got the general gist of it. When you watched it, you could still oh. get a McDonald's toy at for it. It may have been a Burger King toy. Oh shit. Around <laughs> this the was time. the Burger King of horse movies. Actually, I think Burger King <laughs> did deal with DreamWorks, whereas McDonald's I think so, was yeah. more Disney. That and yeah, right. Disney was McDonald's, if I remember correctly. If we remember how capitalism was when we were yeah. twelve. <laughs> Listen, I never got cool toys. We got cool toys. At the Burger Kings and stuff? Yeah. Oh, damn. Okay, so that's one of those things, like, I feel like McDonald's has always been cheap plastic toys, and at one point in time, like, Burger King actually had some really good toys. Like, at one point in time, you could get CDs. Uh, at another point in time, they had, like, actual, like, full-on video games that were terrible, but they were free, or games that came with your meal. The they had King. Like, the, they had the... Whenever they did a deal with the first Pokemon movie, uh, you actually got like a little Pokemon plushie that came in a little plastic Pokeball. And those all got recalled because people choked on them. Yeah. Well, that's their fault. (laughs) (laughs) Like kids would get them stuck. Like more like two-year-olds, which I don't know how they got the toys. Hmm. (laughs) But I think it's also around the time like they started making to where like there was like the normal toys and there's the toys that they got for kids that were under the age of three. Uh, but there's that, like, there's the golden Pokemon cards, which is still, like, a very sought-after collector's item. My sister still has, like, seven of those. But, like, yeah, like, they actually had some pretty cool toys at one point in time. But to be fair, like, for 90% of toys you'd get at a fast food place, like, they've just been cheap plastic toys. Kind yeah. of a throwaway thing. Which is, I mean, it's fair. You get kids' food for the food, not for the toy. Uh, excuse you, I'm 100% much preferred to toy over a lot of them. <laughs> okay, so yeah, the, the kids provo- are one of the toys, but the parents are like, just, just fucking eat your food, goddammit. Just eat anything besides chicken nuggets. Except because I eat so much, I had to get the big boy food and didn't get toys anymore. Except, <laughs> when, like, like I said, it was starting to get more lame when I was yeah, younger. Bad. Like, they gave you, like, a book. I said, you could trade that book for ice cream. And I Ooh. don't know any single person who kept the book. Yeah, because ice cream. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that was the trick. They only ever bought one book. <laughs> <laughs> but this isn't the McDonald's toy podcast. <laughs> this is horsing around. Oh, with spirit. Yeah. Spirit horseman. What does that back of the box say? Spirit, Stallion of the Cimarron, follows the adventures of a wild, rambunctious Mustang Stallion as he journeys through the untamed American frontier. Encountering man for the first time, Spirit defies being broken, even as he develops a remarkable friendship with a, a young Lakota brave. The cur- courageous young stallion also finds love with a beautiful painted mare named Rain on his way to become one of the greatest unsung heroes of the Old West. Cool. So there are Native Americans. So, yeah. There are just... Native Americans in this. I think we were both right. <laughs> yeah, in, in a weird way, both of you ha- were kind of right in it, but like... It wasn't, uh, like, you know, because there is the Native American aspect of it, but there's just actually Native Americans. It kind of takes place, it almost feels like this around the time of the Civil War, but not quite. It's just, but it does show, like, that kind of, that whole racist atmosphere between white, or, you know, white men around that time and the Native American tribes, kind of through the, kind of through the perspective of a horse. Yeah, (laughs) It, it is very much like the eyes of a horse. So it's like, it just goes, and then you just hear, it's like, oh, I can't believe these people, and then just, nay. <laughs> That's the whole movie. Well, 
one fun thing, like, because Dry told me to look up a couple fun facts about this, and I completely forgot about this aspect, or maybe because I was so young at the time, I just didn't care who the narrator was for the horse. But it's, you know, through the eyes of a horse while narrated by Matt Damon. Is that a brown, <laughs> so, yeah. white, brown haired, blue eyes man? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's how I was just like, you're pretty close. You're, you're pretty close. I feel like I feel like I know Matt Damon. You've seen Matt Damon. Yeah. I don't know what, but there's no way you haven't seen <laughs> Matt Damon. Yeah. Especially around this time. I feel like Matt Damon was a pretty big name in 2002. Yeah. He was I big. was three years old in 2002. Yeah. But like <laughs> he was like him and Ben Affleck were like super huge mega stars in the late 90s to early 2000s. Well, there is one burning question that needs to be answered. What is this rated and how long is it? This is a G-rated movie. Oh, no. Because there are some... <laughs> There are some violent scenes in it for a kid's movie, but it was nothing that, you know, I guess they said wasn't too bad. So they just went ahead and rated it G anyways. Uh, Also, for this movie, it is there are the usual suspects that you can watch it on. There's YouTube, Google Play, iTunes, Vudu and Amazon Prime all for $3.99 to rent it. Or if you have a Hulu subscription, this time genuinely just a Hulu subscription, you can watch it on there. Mm -hmm. And the movie is an hour and 26 minutes. I don't know if that's including credits or not, but <laughs> it usually is including credits, but it's, yeah. you know, maybe they're like 15 minute credits. <laughs> the way that I saw it, like dry wanted something lighthearted. I remember this movie being lighthearted, so I figured this could be a good one. I just hope that there's like not a horrible someone dies of cancer scene well, it's, somewhere in the middle. <laughs> it's like Civil War times, you said, so it's going to be like smallpox or like. Yeah, all the horses get smallpox. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's go watch this movie and come back with our spoiler-free thoughts. And we're back from... Horse Movie. Horse Movie, 2001. Wrong. 2002? Yeah. Okay. Horse Movie, 2002. (laughs) (laughs) Spirit. Uh, Rise of the Cinnamon. Rise of Centurion. Sure, why not? <laughs> um, I don't, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you go first, E. <laughs> uh, this is such an amazing mess of a movie, I'm going to say. Yeah, yeah, it is. So yeah, much, that's like, fair. There's so much weird choices. One, the weird abundance of CG when their animation is so good without it. Oh, it's so annoying. It's so, so stupid. Um, so that's actually one of those uh, little fun facts I was going to say about that movie, but the opening scene of it, I don't know if there's actually any CGI in that. That's not possible. That looks so, okay. like really bad CGI. I think the bird, at least. The opening scene, nicknamed the Homeland Pan uh, by the filmmakers, took over nine months to design, had over 700 background elements, and averaged 30 layers of artwork per frame. Wait, so they just did 3D, but without 3D? Huh. Like most, yeah, most of that was actually animated. It just took them nine months just to get that opening scene. So that's where most of their time went, I think. <laughs> it's mo- it's them trying to do CGI, but doing it in basically like a 2D paint program. That is really, maybe that, that does explain the look of things. Yeah. yeah. I still don't agree with some of that, but um, story, oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. all safer now. I'm... <laughs> I honestly, this is going to be harsh, and it might seem weird from the animation buff. I probably would say pass. I don't think there's anything that you need to see from this. At most, maybe a rent just to watch one of the 
early DreamWorks movies, but there's better ones. Um, I guess I'll go. Yeah, I I didn't like this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's pretty inconsequential when it comes to movies, especially animated films. It just felt like they were like, hey, remember Lion King and Tarzan and Pocahontas? What if we did all of that in 75 minutes? And then they did it. And you get this movie. And it's bad. <laughs> and you don't need the... Oh, okay. So I'm just going to say, there's a voiceover for Matt Damon through the whole thing. You do not need the voiceover for Matt <laughs> no. Damon through this whole thing. It's really... That's a bad choice. That is like a... I feel like if that wasn't a producer's choice, it was a very misguided writer. There's actually another fun fact I, I can tell you that it's probably going to make you mad when you find out that they chose Matt Damon out of all people. They actually had two other people that were considered for the narration role before they chose Matt Damon. And those people were Tom Hanks and Robert Redford, which I feel both would have been better for the narration. I feel like neither are, none of the options are good because it's just bad. Like even, it doesn't matter the actor, they could have gotten like the most Native American, Native American actor. Like it still would have been bad narration. You don't need it. It kind of does just tell you what happened. I mean, also, once again, this is a kid's movie, so I think it was just, like, things that they didn't want to leave to too much interpretation. They probably just needed the narrator to be like, oh, yeah, like, blatantly in your face, this is what's happening. Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, Ridley Scott on this one, saying that voiceover <laughs> and narration is so rarely done well, and it's mostly done really badly. This is one of those times when it's done really badly. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. But, yeah, uh, I think... On a personal level, it is an easy pass on me. If you are, like, have to see every DreamWorks movie ever, <laughs> then just stream it if you have to, have to. But it's pretty inconsequential as all things go. I remember liking it whenever I saw it as a kid. So I feel like if you need, like, an old animated film that you wanted to show your kids, uh, this was, I figured, like, this would probably be like a rent or a stream if like, you know, you have something that you want to show your kid that has beautiful animation to it and is something to kind of keep them distracted. But other than that, it is like if you're a movie buff like us, it is a pass. <laughs> the highest rating. If you need your kids to <laughs> shut up for a bit. <laughs> to be fair, most animated movies, that's what they are, is you need your kid to shut up for an hour while you either As an animation like, buff, take that a hurts break. Me. <laughs> okay. I I know there are a lot that are. Can you argue that with kids movies though? Like a lot of kids movies are shown a lot. Like there's, I remember seeing a thing not too long ago that Netflix uh showed their showed their statistics or something, or they like let their let people know about their statistics, and they said that somebody like in um I can't remember what year it was, but there was one year that somebody watched the B movie 357 times. And so they contacted that person saying, like, is everything OK? Like, you watch this movie a lot. <laughs> and turns out that it was literally just a movie that like, they're like, oh, yeah, my kid really likes this movie. And so, like, whenever I need them to sit down in, for like an hour so I can get something done, this is a movie that I put on. Yeah, like, I get that. Like, kids love to hyperfixate on one movie for the most part. Right. Uh, maybe some people go into their adulthood loving the same movie that they loved as a kid and rate it as the best movie ever devised by mankind. <laughs> you, you know, sometimes that happens. I maybe, maybe that happens. Yeah. But, <laughs> um, I just like if I know that you could, there's like shut up kid movies, but like also you could have just easily put on like a Disney classic instead. Yeah, and I and think it's a way more entertaining movie. I know Jiraiya doesn't like a lot of them. I don't, I'm not going to act like they're the highest of movies, but I 
I would say they're probably leagues above horse. <laughs> but again, like possibly like to be fair, this is also during the time that like DreamWorks was like legitimately like neck and neck with Disney. Like they were very much competing companies in the early two yeah. thousands. And um DreamWorks had some hits and they had some flops, and I could not remember if this was either one of them, and this was more or less one of their flops. I am almost a hundred percent certain every two D animated movie they did flopped. Not all of them. No, I think all of, like critically, I think some did okay, but like I think at best one broke even. I don't think any I, of them did. Yeah, very I was gonna good. say I would have to Google it to tell you for sure, but uh, they've had some that I'm pretty sure were hits. Like I said, uh, some of them. While looking up the fun facts of this, I realized like that would have been a better movie to watch. Like fuck, that would have been a better movie to watch. <laughs> but I this was literally like a panic decision on my end. Well, and this is a historical moment. This was our first horse movie, you know. Yeah, <laughs> like some I'm. <laughs> to break so there were some sometimes. other things that were historic about this movie. I don't know if it being a horse movie was one of them. <laughs> I don't know. I would think that this is almost a romantic comedy between a horse and a Native American man. <laughs> but we're getting I... in kind of spoilers, so I guess before that happens, is there any like fun facts that are just basic you want to throw at us? Uh, some that aren't going to be spoiling the movie is uh, the model of spirit was actually uh, after a three-year-old Keeger Stallion named Donner was one of them. So like they actually had real horses that they used to do animation clips for them and everything. And I guess they actually did a lot of kind of like how they do like our people's go to to say like, oh, yeah, they did a lot of research for this movie was uh, Finding Nemo. I guess they did a lot of research research on horses to make sure that they got like the animations of like how they naturally move and everything. Like if you're going to make a movie about actual animals, you do need to do your research because right. I guarantee you, if you're listening, try to imagine what a horse running looks like and then look up a video of what a horse running looks like. I guarantee you'll probably be wrong. Yeah, you're, I, yeah, I <laughs> yeah. you're probably good point there. <laughs> uh, this was the first DreamWorks animated film to be produced in 16 by 9. Um, the company, pre- uh, previ- like all their other films before this were four, uh, four by three. And so far, this was the only one up until Kung Fu Panda six years later. That's insane. Wow. Yeah. That's kind of insane. That's actually. one of those things like you don't really think about it until like you look up a little fun fact like that. At least Kung uh, Fu Panda gets to be the other one so they get a better movie <laughs> under their belt. That's true. <laughs> that also being said, like this is one of those things whenever I looked at it, I was like, fuck, those would have been better movies to watch. Was uh, <laughs> It's actually the third traditionally animated film to be right. produced in 16 by 9. Uh, the two before it was Titan AE, which would have been a better movie, and Atlantis, The Lost Empire, which would have been a better movie. I have equal opinions about both of those movies. Uh-oh. <laughs> Is that you hate fun, so you hate them? No, it's that I like fun, so I hate them. <laughs> <laughs> but, so, yeah, that's yeah, that's pretty interesting, though. But uh, I guess we should go into spoilers, because... Uh, I want to talk about this movie and how weird it is. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right, we'll be right back with the spoiler discussion. See you in a second. All right, so quick synopsis for this movie. Horse. He is free, but then man comes in and he is no longer free. And then he escapes, and then man comes in and he's no longer free. And then he escapes, and then man comes in and he's no longer free. But then he actually escapes. 
and that's the movie. <laughs> I mean, at the end, he's more or less let go because he's supposed to be a stallion that, or with a spirit that can't be broken. And then he goes back to his horse tribe. I mean, horses of a feather flock together, as you know. No, no, she lost her feather. Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> Um, oh man, this movie <laughs> has a lot going for it, like in the art department. Yes. And then like nothing going for it anywhere else. <laughs> I think oh, in, in the non-spoiler stuff, I was talking about how like the voiceover from Matt Damon didn't need to be there. This movie would have been 5% better without <laughs> Matt Damon telling me what I'm literally watching happening. Yeah, I, I do agree it was a weird choice to make it to her. I think they wanted to have like a weird sense of realism between we're like humans that speak English and then like animals that just kind of neigh at each other or at least horses right. that neigh at each other. But uh, it's one of those, I guess they didn't really want to give uh, voice clips to the or to the animal or, uh, or voices to the animals in that sense. So they just kind of have that weird interpretation where they're neighing at each other. And I guess another little fun fact about that is that uh, there's because normally with animated movies, they actually have a bunch of actors sitting in a sound booth just making the neighing sounds. This one, apparently, they just what? followed a bunch of horse. Yeah, like they, hey. there's always been like senses of that. And then like they just in post will change it to make it sound more animal like uh, this is one of those movies to where I guess they legitimately just followed horses around with microphones and got them to make sounds. That, yeah, that makes way more sense than be like. Hey, Greg, can you go and neigh in a booth for like 20 minutes Listen, so we can have the sound effects? For if you movie? have voice actors, you might as well put them to work. It's just like, yep. what if you just went and followed a horse, though? <laughs> like, okay, a horse works, but like, imagine the Lion King trying to <laughs> yeah, follow around follow lions. Lion. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. but I think more Gerard's point is like, you don't need actual English anything for these horses. They don't need to like speak at a point and the narration doesn't add anything. Like, I get, like, again, I understand they're marketing towards little babies so that they don't want little babies to get lost. But, like, this movie is the same movie if you take out those narrations, and you yeah. can yeah. follow it just as easy, I'd argue. In fact, maybe a bit easier because you don't have Matt Damon interrupting your train of thought. Yeah, being like, and this is when I realized the two-legged creatures were evil. You don't, I don't need you to tell me that man's bad. I'm a man. I know that. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but then again, like they said, this is not only was it aimed towards kids, it was aimed towards kids in the early 2000s. Yeah. yeah. To be fair, we weren't very smart back then. <laughs> I guess. But like, here's the other thing that's kind of weird is when I was recalling this movie, <laughs> I could have sworn that the animals spoke. <laughs> nope. Just like, I was actually shocked. I'm like, wait, this animal's not talking? <laughs> nope. Just Matt Damon. He's the only one that he's the only speaking animal. And I was also taken aback whenever music just started happening. Because <laughs> like, wait, is this horse singing? OK, wait, no, that's just the soundtrack, which I did look up because I was insanely curious. When we were watching this because the music is, in my opinion, really bad. Um, <laughs> it fits yeah, the it was movie. one of those weird choices where they got Brian Adams to do all of the music. Yeah, which like, that's also the another movie, thing that though. I forgot. Yeah, like not none of them were prior. No, this was made for this movie. They really wanted to be Lion King. They really wanted to be Tarzan. <laughs> but I think this was just kind of like around that time, yeah, where they had Tarzan, the animated film, and year, a couple years before that, because I think the original Lion King was 1994, wasn't it? Something like that. Early, like late 90s, early 2000s. Yeah, but this was 
it is very much a product of its time because yes. I think animated films about animals was just kind of the thing. But like even like even from the intro where it's like you're following Mr. Eagle going through the cliffside stuff, even then I was like, man, E, they're like really going for the Tarzan feel with this because <laughs> like the cliffs and the eagle looked like the weird CG shots that they did for Tarzan where it like implemented animation into CG. And then when you see Mr. Horseman get birthed, <laughs> And then, like, see him, like, growing up, and then the soundtrack just starts playing for the movie. That is also like Tarzan. None of the people in Tarzan sing. It's just a soundtrack. I'll, can, can we just take a step back? You guys heard that right. There is this scene in this movie where you watch the main character get birthed. Yeah. It's off screen, <laughs> yep. mostly. Kind of. Kind of? <laughs> you, you do see a baby, for, or, like, crowning, but you don't see, like, just the actual horse being pushed out of a vagina just the kind of <laughs> they yeah. spared us that. the angle that's where you don't see it directly but like what a way to start a movie so <laughs> weird like they didn't need to start it that way yeah and then also they have the baby horse drink the mother's tea which was also weird yeah like i i already know how the milk happens i don't need <laughs> to see that the horse also figured out how the milk happens it's a yeah <laughs> That's one of the parts you could just definitely not have in this movie, and it'd be completely fine. Like, you could have just started off with Mr. Horseman just, like, playing in a field and be yeah. like, hey, this is me, I'm that horse, which would yeah. be no more. You're probably wondering how I got here. <laughs> yeah, like, it would have been no And different. then it does the birthing scene. <laughs> <laughs> and just shows is there a movie that's done that? I don't know, there's gotta be, right? <laughs> You want me to Google animated movies with no, birth no. scenes? No no no, 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 God. Turn safe search on. <laughs> but, yeah. Found a scene, but it's on Pornhub. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so I will say that get, you get the tone of the movie right away. Yeah, it's it does, weird. It does that really well. But um, I do kind of agree with you guys, like, thinking back at it, where you, you don't really need the... But once again, it's a product of its time where they felt like they needed the or the narration. But a good a good example of why they probably didn't need the animation was a movie that uh, Dry has. Well, I think we uh, have we talked about it. Dry hasn't seen it yet, but me and E has the Thief and the Cobbler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like oh, the recut version of it, like it, it was basically how the animator originally wanted the movie to be, and the main protagonist and. I guess I don't know if I would call the thief an antagonist, but like basically the other character, like they're silent throughout the entire movie. But whenever Miramax got a hold of that movie, for some reason they thought like, no, both of them need voices. And so they got voice actors to do all these different voices for both the characters. And in a weird way, it ruined the movie. Like, you don't like in that movie, you don't need to know what the cobbler's thinking because you can see what he's thinking. Right. Like, I think like that's how this movie was too. Like they animated the horse well enough, which is a weird sentence. Um, <laughs> it's an animated movie. It's just a weird thing to think about somebody like animating the facial structure of a horse to make it be like. Why is that? Weird? It's an animated movie. I don't Someone know. Someone had to he... animate the facial structure of a lion. I don't, lions just seem cooler. I don't know. Maybe this is Disney propaganda. <laughs> I, yeah, <laughs> propaganda and Dry saying that he likes cats more than horses. That's, That's what this is. That is categorically true. If this yeah. is Disney propaganda, they paid the wrong person because you are not too <laughs> fond of Disney movies. <laughs> Once again, 
Yes for a feel good or yes for yeah, a lighthearted yeah, yeah. feel good movie. <laughs> but um <laughs> so I found a lighthearted feel good movie. <laughs> yeah, it is. I'll give you that. It is a lighthearted feel good movie for the most part. It is. Nothing like no one dies for... in this movie. That's a <laughs> Right. There's there is a scene in the movie where it makes you feel like maybe one of them dies because you get you see a horse get shot and then fall down a waterfall and she just kind of lays there for a couple of days and then yeah. later on she's just fine. Yeah, but like she's just fine out of nowhere. Yeah. Like even the Indian guy's just like, they're there. And then like leaves and we assume she's dead, but apparently she's just good. She also swam back up the waterfall. Yeah, like <laughs> they this movie feels like there were just some, a bunch of producers in the room being like, no, no, you can't have the other horse die. Kids will be sad. Make the horse alive again. Like, no, no, you have to add the narration in there or else the dumb kids are going to be confused about why the horse is eating apples now. <laughs> yeah, like there is a, I feel like it, especially with kids movies, there's always that sense of like a producer telling a bunch of people what they can and can't do for certain scenes, which is probably needed. But it's like one of those they make weird choices like the birthing scene's okay but it's not okay to have a horse die yeah this movie's weird That's, man yeah. i guess someone on that note i was talking with Jerry about this this movie probably was like 20 minutes shorter and they were told they had to make it longer cuz there's so That's many also like a possibility there's so many like, like random so okay so like in the third third act i don't know where to classify it they're on know. a train because like the same thing happens six times in a row yeah, so. So, <laughs> but they're on a train after getting kidnapped for the third time <laughs> and like the other horses are there and they're like oh it's mr cinnamon and it's <laughs> spirits like oh, i'm sad and the horse is like we're sad here's some hay we're happy I'm sad. We're sad. I'm going to look out the window. I'm feeling inspired. Happy? Yeah. And they, like, actually reuse the same shot three times. Yeah, like, the three horses being, like, happy? Like, it's the same exact them raising their heads looking happy shot each time. Yeah, that's a Hanna-Barbera choice where they just kind of have the same thing happening over and over again. Yeah. Like a good example, well, I guess like the Hanna-Barbera shot that I'm talking about those usually like whenever you'll see someone running and then if you look at the background, it's the same background just being looped over and yeah. over again. So, okay. Here. That they do to try to, they, they usually do shots like that to try to, you know, save animation costs, if you will. Yeah, yeah, but like talking on that with like saving animation costs, they super didn't do that in a lot of places because <laughs> like talking about Hanna-Barbera, like in old Hanna-Barbera cartoons would be like, Oh, this is clearly a static image, except for the things you know are going to move have yep. a different color. And I have been trained to think that my whole life. Like, okay, he's going to open this cabinet because this cabinet is a completely different color from everything yeah. else in this room. Yeah, it's slightly brighter than the kind of just static image in the background. Well, so, okay, for those listening, if you don't know why this is, it's because the background is going to be a painting. Right. And then they yeah. have cells on top of it. And... You could try to match it. Like, some have actually managed to match the exact thing, but it's really not worth it in the end. Yeah. So it often ends up sticking out. Uh, there was one anime I watched where they actually did a great joke about that, where, like, there's this clear, like, patch that is clearly a cell, and all the characters stop and be like, wait, this is clearly gonna fall. And then the background falls, and it's really good. <laughs> that sounds pretty good. <laughs> But, oh, yeah. like, the, the part that happened in this is, like, there's just a pile of apples there that clearly look like he's not supposed to interact with these pile of apples, and then he takes a bite out of it, and you can tell the person who painted it, 
did not expect them to make him take a bite out of these apples. Because <laughs> they had to, like, do, like, a two-second or, like, a two-frame animation of, like, and now there's an apple gone. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like early, like, traditionally animated stuff like that, there's going to be those weird shots like that anyways. Like, I guess one thing you guys probably noticed is, like, that first scene whenever he's with the Lakota tribe and the guy says like, okay, well, apparently I'm never going to ride you because you're going to have a spirit that's never going to be broken. I'm just going to let you free now. And then he goes like, let him free. And there's like just a small bit of animation to where like, he's legitimately like way bigger than the horses, even (laughs) though the horse is like a foot taller than him throughout the entire movie. Yeah. um, I'm going to say they, they weren't too good on the perspective in this movie. Yeah. Their consistency on perspectives is way off. Yeah. And I feel like that's just a thing that's going to happen with, because like this is a traditionally animated film, so this was you know with paint done with paintings and cells, like what E was saying, and this is kind of during that weird transition between CGI and animated films. So because like there were still animated films coming out, but there were still you know CGI films like like Toy Story and Shrek and other so, better movies. Yeah. <laughs> so E, go ahead and say what you're gonna say, and then I have something I want to talk about. After okay. That. So I want to yeah. say with the perspective thing, my favorite time it really fucks up. The horse is like jumping up a cliff, and in one shot, he's clearly sideways on the cliff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. Like it's like he's supposed to be like hopping up like these almost stair-like cliff areas, and then it cuts to the next shot, and he's like fucking completely sideways. And then the next <laughs> shot, he's just coming down the cliff. Like, what? <laughs> Who thought that was a good idea? I mean, they have done that in other animated films too, though. Like I, know, I remember I'm... seeing that for. Like, that legitimately does happen a couple of times in The Lion King, for example. Like, uh, that scene with the buffalo whenever they're, or whenever, yeah, the buffalo are stampeding during, through that, um, I guess, yeah, at the bottom of that canyon. There's just a couple of scenes where there's some that are just, like, legitimately running on the walls. Yeah, because they were put in after. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. like, that's a different thing. Like, in this, he's not moving. He's just sideways on the wall. That's the part that bothers me. If he were running, I'd be like, okay, they're doing, like, a weird he's running on the wall thing. Still weird because he's a horse, but less weird because he's running. He's just legitimately standing sideways on a cliff. It's really weird. Okay, but the thing that really bothers me here, the CG in this is bad. Just straight up not good CG. Like, I'm not talking about implementation, not talking about, like, colors. It's just straight up the CG in this is bad. And that is really weird to me because the same studio did Shrek. And that came out a year before this. How does that happen? Well, pro- my guess is all the people who know how to use CG are working, pro- working on Shrek. You're probably yeah. right. <laughs> I mean, once again, like looking at some of the details, like I said, like that first scene that took him nine months to animate and it looks like it's CG and apparently it's not CG. I feel like it might be the same thing where they were trying to basically paint 3D in some in certain scenes. And so it looks like cheap CG, but it's really just like the way that they animated it. Even that, it still doesn't work too well, I'd argue. Yeah, if that's still what yeah. they're doing, then it still looks bad. Like, the chain, every chain in this movie, every single chain has that, if it's not CG, then they just, whatever artistic choice that they went with for creating the chains looks bad. There is one scene where the chain is drawn. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, like, so that's the other thing. Like, if they did this to try and save money, then they did it the wrong way. <laughs> Because the train in it is also always CG or this weird art style thing that they did to try and... Okay, so if they did that, right, they're trying to, like, create this basically 3D image with a bunch of 2D cells. Was this, like, them trying to stave off the 3D movement? 
I I think they were pretty on board with that. I think it was just an interesting decision. Like I think they just wanted to try it. Yeah, if that's how they did it. Yeah, and I'm not sure. I believe they've. I I feel like some of this probably is CG. Honestly, I don't think all of it would be that. But yeah, like like the train is clearly terrible CG, right? I'm pretty sure. Like again, feel free to correct us if you guys know more about the production of Spirit Race Against <laughs> Time. I don't remember what it's called. The Chimera. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's a weird choice. And then Dry brought up it almost has this sense of like the human stuff is the CG. But it doesn't work because also all the horses a lot of times. Yeah. So I tried to justify it at the end of being like, all of like the really bad CG shots are all of like the human elements, like the the Americans basically like coming in and like t- getting their technology in, and like that's all the stuff that's like big CG, and that's where all the big CG stuff is. And then afterwards, there's just like CG horses sometimes. Yeah. And like that weird eagle, and like so that theory fell through the the, the wall, the hole, the wall. The floor? The ocean. It fell. It didn't work. <laughs> Alright, so, you know, I think we've stated off long enough. The Native American man is clearly fucking these horses. <laughs> <laughs> you do not look at a horse that way unless you are fucking it. <laughs> uh, I don't even know what to say to that. <laughs> I can't say I agree with you. But <laughs> like, he... I mean, it's all the it, it's all this thing. Like, there's you feel like like Dry was saying. There's like that sense of romance in it, but I feel like it's up to inter- interpretation. There doesn't exactly like there's there could be if you interpret it that way, but there's not exactly like a romantic element to this movie. But I guess uh, and like I figured E would be the first one to defend. Like, oh yeah, there's finally not a romantic element, and then E's the one to be like, yeah, he's fucking those horses. Well, okay, first off, <laughs> the horses clearly are supposed to be kind of like will they, won't they sense yeah like yeah the male horse is clearly interested in cow horse i don't think she gets a name yeah. uh nope. i don't think many people really get a name actually does like spirit i don't even think that's his name i think he was just kind of like ah, oh, he's got a big spirit yeah well yeah like uh he doesn't exactly have a name but at the very end of the movie that uh the main indian tells him or uh, just calls him the spirit that can't be broken so he's just spirit now so yeah, no one actually gets a name, I don't think. Yeah, which I'm fine with, I guess. Yeah, it doesn't matter. We can just call them Cow Horse and Cow Horse and, and Bojack Horse. But um, like those two, I do, like it's in like G-rated Disney, well not Disney obviously, but like almost Bambino Disney. movie style where like it doesn't actually go anywhere and yeah. it's not that important. It's with or without it, the movie's exactly the same. But like. I would not sit here and have someone tell me there clearly wasn't, like, a producer or a writer pushing, like, oh, well, we need a girl horse for the guy horse. Yeah, I think that's kind of what happened. And then they also introduced the Native American, get, like, a romance triangle going. (laughs) Because, again, they did their researches on horses. So they got real close to those horses. That's all we're saying, Robbie. So... My actual answer is it's because this movie does this thing where it tries to treat the horses like they're humans. So like the people act really like chummy with the horses and like that 
act like they're people. Yeah. But it doesn't work because they're horses, in my opinion. <laughs> well, yeah, I think it, it's one of those weird choices, like you said, the weird choices that they made to where, like, none of the horses had voices, which I think I was in the same camp as Dry as I kind of remember them having voices, but apparently they don't. And so, like, they try to make it, you know, have that separation between the humans and the horses by not giving the horses voices, but giving the humans voices. But then, like, they give the horses kind of that human element to where, like, you know, they show emotions and, like, you can tell that they're communicating to each other through, the you know, the way that they neigh at each other and the way that they look at each other and blah, 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 blah. But, like, it just kind of creates this weird middle ground that doesn't work as well. Yeah, but you can really tell that the Native American man has a romantic relationship <laughs> with cow horse. It's just how they animated just won't him. Let that like, go. He like <laughs> stares longingly into her eyes, and just how he acts in general is really weird. Yeah, and then like at the end of the movie, where cow horse goes off with horseman horse, um, like he's even like, "Hey, be kind to her, treat her better than I ever could." Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> They're horses! <laughs> like, it, it's, it's just a weird decision how they... I really think they, like, f- had this weird... They forgot that these are, in fact, horses. Yeah, yeah. Because, <laughs> like, a, another thing... So, the guy who kidnaps them the most is, <laughs> is like, the American soldier guy. Yeah, And he gets this weird, like, complex with the horse where, like... He acts smug of, against a horse? Yes. And the movie ends with him getting respect for the horse and yeah, not like shooting they, them. Yeah, they have like this weird mutual respect that you see in like some, I want to say early 90s movies and some 80s movies to where like the antagonist and the protagonist look at each other and they're like, <laughs> just have this mutual respect for each other and like do like the... Mm. We're right, not but, so different, you and I. But again, it's yeah. a horse. <laughs> so I don't think it works as well. And it probably, it, like, I think if this was, like, a Disney movie with better Disney writing, I know you'll probably... <laughs> I mean, yeah. But uh, <laughs> I think I might give it more of a pass. But the writing's not amazing in this movie. There's not much, to be fair. Yeah, like, literally the entire conflict of this movie is horseman gets captured, horseman gets free. Horseman gets captured. Horseman gets free. Horseman gets captured. Horseman gets free. Horseman gets captured. Horseman gets free. That's it. He doesn't That's get captured. The movie. He gets captured three times. He gets captured by Colonel once and freed. Yeah. Captured by Indians once. Freed. freed. Captured by Colonel again. Freed. No, it wasn't by Colonel. I think it was just by back. pioneers. Oh. Oh right. no! But the no, the colonel's chasing no. them. So yeah, the he clearly owns them. like whatever. So it, is. it was uh, whenever he because okay. To give, like, a little bit more detail, but still within a matter of 60 seconds, he's free at the beginning. Right, right. Gets captured by the colonel, or, like, he lets himself get captured by the colonel, so that way the rest of his tribe doesn't get captured and lets them run away. And then afterwards, uh, he ends up escaping with the Indian and gets captured by the Indians, and the Indians try to gentle break him. And then when they realize that they can't can't get that horse to trust them, that they're just going to let him free instead of trying to kill him like the colonel did, you know, he starts to escape and then sees that, um... Their tribe gets, uh, you know, wiped out by the way that their outfits are. I feel like they're just part of the Union. So that's why I said, like, this is the Civil War. No, no, this is the American Indian War. Oh, it was American Indian War? Yeah. Okay. But anyways, um, you know, after that, like, you know, he sees his potential love interest get shot and then, like, is waiting for her and then gets captured by pioneers. 
which those are the ones that are building the railroads instead of being part of the army. But like, it's and then, still the colonel basically because he ends up chasing them, right? No, this yeah, is uh, this is at after. the cliff. So this, yeah, so this is like during that time, what happens is like that he realizes that they're building the train tracks to go basically through his land. Crashes like does that whole big action sequence where he crashes a train and basically sets a village on fire. No, he sets the, the entire forest. forest. Yeah. He kills all yeah, those and forest the entire creatures. forest around this uh, <laughs> this place. Uh, ends up getting rescued by the uh, by Little Creek. That that was his name, right? Horseman straight up man of steals his forest. Doesn't really say it that much in the movie, but that's the name of the Indian that you see oh. the entire time was Little Creek. Um, gets saved by him, and like they're just kind of together during that time, and then kind of has like this mutual understanding of like he saved my life so i'm gonna save him and then they write off being that's whenever they're being chased by the colonel so this is happening all simultaneously right, but, so like are you saying it's just a coincidence the colonel was there because i'm saying like it feels like the colonel was owning that pioneer stuff i don't know i don't think it's ever i don't think the army owned the railroads but i it's i feel like it's way worse if the colonel just happens to be there because <laughs> that's so coincidental it was just <laughs> i mean once again 2002 animated film yeah, okay. they, need the, they need the plot to move forward also little creek walks all that way that horseman was captured <laughs> through and rode a train yeah like horseman rode a train for like days and little creek just like walked and caught up with him just in time i mean to be fair i feel like this movie takes place over the course of years anyways it does it does and also the ending makes it feel like it doesn't though because none of the other horses seem to have aged yeah especially not yeah. the baby horses yeah <laughs> so, <laughs> maybe like it's like That's a fair. weird time loop thing where in that in the field time goes super slow you know and you once s- you get out i have a theory okay <laughs> it's a quick theory <laughs> okay whenever because through the whole movie, there's this theme of like, actually, it's not a theme. He just straight up says it through Matt Damon, through narration, straight up says like, sometimes I feel like I could fly Yeah. at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. And so there's a point where like him and or Horseman and Little Creek are on a giant cliff running away from the colonel. And he like jumps this giant thing that changes perspectives on how far away it is like <laughs> seven times. And they get to the other side of it. I think when he jumped over... He actually passed through a black hole <laughs> and took him back in time, and that's why Cow Horse is still alive. Oh, shit. And why the baby horses are still babies. Oh, we fixed the movie. Fix <laughs> <laughs> the timeline, guys. <laughs> DreamWorks, you owe us $50,000. I don't think they have that. What? They made How to Train Your Dragon and also Kung Fu Panda. Oh, never mind. They're rich. <laughs> well, it's one of those things, though, too, because, like, this movie technically flopped because uh the movie apparently costs like roughly about 80 million dollars to uh to make which does make sense because like despite the fact that there's you know plot holes in this everywhere because they're like and it's a kid's movie no one's gonna care uh like the animation of it and like the backgrounds and the scenery and everything it's all very beautifully done the backgrounds are so good actually i wish this movie was just backgrounds (laughs) i'm I'm pretty sure that the backgrounds like if they would have sold the paintings for them they probably sold for a lot of money yeah they're so but um this movie in the box office because this movie was competing with the clone wars (laughs) when this came out oh like star wars episode two Oh, <laughs> yeah, yep. that these were in the, they were in the theaters at the same exact time. I remember that because I remember them trying to say that this movie is more action packed than the Clone Wars was What? Which in a <laughs> weird way. There's an argument for that. <laughs> I but. mean, Horseman does John Wick 
some people in this, I guess. Yeah, he straight true. up yeah. John Wick's a tiger or a lion. Do or they jump over a chasm in Clone Wars? No, they just kill a bunch of children. No, they that's kill a bunch in... of children and complain about sand. No, they don't kill children in the second one. They kill children in well, the third do. one. No, it's the second one. Well, when we get to Star Wars, we'll figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the the big running points for Star Wars Episode Two is killing children. Anakin hates sand, and Yoda fight. <laughs> That's kind of the movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, what are we talking? But about? yeah, like this was that being that also being said though, historically no movie goes well, or it never goes well whenever a movie goes up against Star Wars, and this is another one of those cases because this movie, um, like if it was if it wasn't such a high budget film, probably would have made money back because I think in the box office it made like 120 million dollars. But like Dry has said, you have to double the budget because of things like um, advertising, because of things like ad advertising for the movie and everything. So technically, the movie flopped, but just by a little bit. But I think it's one of those things that the audience probably brought it back because, despite how much we're shitting on top of this movie, looking at it on Google, uh, you uh, you would think this is an amazing movie because it has a four point nine out of five rating for audiences on Google. They're okay. liars. So here's what <laughs> my, here's my guess. Most of those are probably people who watched this movie once when they were 12, never again, and then decided to rate it. And they're like, man, I love how the horse talks all the time. Uh, I was going to say there's that. <laughs> IMDb, it's a 7 out of 10. Rotten Tomatoes, it's a 70%. And uh, I think Metacritic is the lowest one at 52%. That sounds more accurate. That sounds more accurate, but still wrong. One thing that I have realized, though, is like us doing this podcast, like because there's another movie that I watched with Gel not too long ago. And I was just pointing out all the flaws of that movie the entire time. So I feel like we're just becoming more cynical with this podcast. And like, I think with those movies, it's literally just a sense of like, oh, it's a kid's movie. It's fun. It's lighthearted kind of See, thing. I never but, I will never bow down to that. I hate no, I, that. Justification I understand that. For... But I was going to say, I think with with people like us, I think it's more or less like because we grew up around that time wherever like there was animation that was made that looked like it was made for kids but they knew the parents were going to watch it with them. Yeah. So they did what they could to make it entertaining for adults too. Like Animaniacs is a good example of that. Yeah. I don't think that movie, I don't think this movie did that. No, no this movie is very much made for kids. <laughs> Same thing as like, uh, like another movie that I'm pretty sure was done by DreamWorks, which I'm Googling now just to make sure it's not even fucking saying, Oh no, that's a Disney movie. Never mind. Which one? Uh, was Chicken that movie? Little? I was going to say brother bear. Cause I was like a oh. movie that came up as like, a... I, so I actually joked at the intro where there's bears. I was like, Brother Bear! I, yeah. I've seen that movie. I do not like Brother Bear that much. But once again, that was a Disney movie just made for kids, so people just kind of watch it and think of it. It's a kid's movie, so they're very forgiving of it. And I think it was probably the same thing with this movie, why it's so highly yeah. rated, but I think it's also... We're not horse people. Like, I'm pretty sure... <laughs> <it's>, what? <laughs> no, These aren't hooves? Hear me out, hear me out, hear me out. Like... <laughs> So me and Drya have a very close friend that she raises horses. And uh, in 2017, they actually made an animated series on Netflix for this. And that's what her kids watch whenever she needs to, you know, needs some or needs to like have them sit down and watch something for a little while. She Bo they watch an animated horse, series that was based man? off of this. And I feel like people who are super into horses as pets, like they're more into movies like this than, say, The Lion King is for us. Thank you for adding the as pets part. Yeah. Because <laughs> otherwise, I would have think you would have been talking about Little Creek still. Oh, no. <laughs> I get, like, I kind of get that. I don't know. It's, I guess some people get really invested into their hobbies, but it feels weird to me. Like, I wouldn't, like, 
watch a movie specifically because it had a cat in it. I own a cat. There are some people still though. Like that I is d- a thing. I, like yeah, I don't know. It's kind of just weird to me. <laughs> that would be really like, weird. It's like, man, this weird drama about cancer seems bad. She does have a cat though, so I think <laughs> I'm gonna see it. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I know I have, like, my whole sense of that, because whenever Dry said a lighthearted movie, the very first thing that popped into my head was August Rush, but that's, like, my feel-good movie. But I'm also kind of a sucker for movies that have to deal with music, too. Like, if it has a very musical element to it, then I'm just kind of suckered in right away. That's why you chose Horse Movie. There were so many songs in this. There's so many (laughs) songs in this movie. No, it's actually mostly just that one song. They just keep on playing it over, or different parts of that same song. (laughs) Is it really? That song's too it's, long. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, the featured song is Brian Adams' Here I Am. Besides that, like, uh, really enough, uh, the other music that doesn't have lyrics to it was composed by Hans Zimmer. Huh. Yeah, the non-lyric stuff is fine. Anything yeah. with lyrics is so cheesy and literally on, what's it called for the horses? It's two on the nose. What's it called for horses? Muzzle. Though? Muzzle? It's still a it's nose. Too, it's two on the muzzle. It's two, two on, on the, the muzzle. Um, they still have noses, though. <laughs> Do they, or is it just one giant? One giant. No, are, they have a nose. Aren't horses just a giant nose? I am. That's still a nose. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so yeah, this song is so ridiculous. I almost like it, but I also have bad taste in music, anyways. <laughs> I'm I, like, I unironically love all-star so that should give you a oh no a, a sense of <laughs> my taste in music somewhat no but like even the music in this like it just felt like they were going for that like tarzan, tarzan. yeah literally tarzan yeah. it felt like no you're probably right because if i'm fuck i'm gonna have to google this too 99 it came out in 99 we googled it oh you did yeah we had to know <laughs> well i asked Ra. i didn't have to know with Tarzan coming out three years before this movie came out, like that would have given them enough time to be like, yeah, we can do that as a movie, and then like make their own version of it. Well, I've got to guess they probably had this in production, and then a producer saw Tarzan and said, do that. Because, again, they yeah, don't have to lip sync or anything. Yeah. They're horses. And, like, Tarzan made a lot of fucking money. Did it? I could have sworn Lion King made more. Yeah, I mean, Tarzan made $356 million in the box office. Tarzan does look really good, I'll give it that. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, I, I'm almost positive Lion King's like, nope, you're wrong. Uh, the box office for the original 1994 Lion King was $968 wow. million. You are way off. Dude. I remember hearing something about that movie being a huge seller. I mean, Tarzan's still... Yeah, that's still a lot of money. That's still I feel like for a very long time, Lion King was the highest, uh, yeah, the highest grossing movie that Disney had made. I think it... Well, technically, it still is now. Yeah. I'm pretty sure New Lion King made like 1.6 billion. I think yeah. it looked like, which is so much money. It's way more money. than It, it really still deserves, no. Uh, but... I think their highest grossing was actually it, it was either one of the Marvel films oh, or wait, it was Frozen, one of the Star maybe? Wars films. I think Frozen made bank too. I mean, if we're talking like Disney Marvel, then it was Endgame. I, oh yeah, that's literally holds the record for most. I don't money. know if I want to count that because that's literally a different company they just have under their belt. Yeah. I don't know, this isn't the Disney Marvel podcast, though. <laughs> it is now. Um, other horse facts, other horse facts. Um, they have four hooks. <laughs> no, but, like, you can feel the... I'm, I'm going to call it inspiration, even though I think it's ripping off. But you can feel the Disney inspiration flowing through this movie so hard. 
and that they were struggling for a runtime so hard without music because, yeah, this movie would have been like 20 minutes shorter without the music in it. Yeah. I was going to say it did like, because I once again forgot about the whole Brian Adams doing all the music for this. And there's another movie that I really enjoyed, uh, Harold and Maude. I feel like that movie would have been even better if they didn't have, you know, that one guy doing all the music for that movie. They would have just had a soundtrack to it. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. You have to, like, really trust your artist if you're going to have them compose your old movie. Like, Disney made a good decision with Elton John. Yeah, I mean, obviously, he did great, apparently. Yeah. (laughs) Are you talking about for Tarzan? No, no, for... I'm talking about Lion King. Um, Okay. I don't know who did Tarzan. Uh, That'd be Phil Collins. Phil Collins, yeah. Yeah. Disney Disney usually makes pretty good choices. Uh, Chicken Little, not a good choice. I like Chicken Little. I don't. (laughs) It has Zach Braff. He plays... Mr. Chicken. I don't know Chicken Little. Is good his movie. name Chicken Little? It's Chicken Little. Okay, he plays Chicken Little. Not a very good movie. But there's apples and stuff, and it's about aliens, I think. Yes. I don't remember it. It is about aliens. I remember that Zach Braff. Yeah, does I, voice I haven't even seen that movie, and I knew it was about aliens. I I would even recommend it for the podcast, because it'd just be me being annoyed, because it's not a very good right? <laughs> But this is not the Chicken Little podcast. This is Horseman, the untold tale. Uh, yeah, let's talk about that train. <laughs> this is okay this honestly should show you how much we really care about this about horse that's fair <laughs> it's cinnamon not, horse but, is not a good movie <laughs> like i think again like a lot of people do seem to like this movie we're probably a yeah. bit harder than the average joe would be we yeah we are maybe <laughs> no we are like it's one of those things like i said i watched a movie with gel not too long ago and she was like oh i really like that movie and i like the entire time i was just pointing out all these flaws in the movie because it was very much a 90s uh, horror movie that we watched and like all in all it's not bad but i saw a lot of that 90s flair in that movie yeah and that caused me to like just start pointing out all these different flaws in it so i think we're just we're too on the nose for pointing out flaws in movies. I feel like we're bad people to watch movies with. I mean, uh, I talk all the time during movies. I think that annoys most people. Probably Jariah as well. <laughs> it depends on the movie. With this one, it didn't bother me. <laughs> if it's a good movie, then yeah. Well, Jariah doesn't really talk during the movie. It's after the movie. I talk during because I'm very confused a lot of times. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I think you're right here, E. I think how much this conversation hasn't concentrated on Spirit, the Horse of Cimarron, um you're close that's that's the best i can do um shows that like how much we really just don't care about this movie i mean to be fair we're talking about a a company that for years was like neck and neck with disney disney just won that battle with uh with dreamworks because like dreamworks had some movies that were really good too and i think the reason why they started going more towards cgi compared to like traditional animation had to do between like this movie and Shrek because this movie came out somewhat after Shrek. And the thing about Shrek, I think Shrek did like $444 million in the box office compared to this. I did whatever Disney had out at the time, actually, which was unprecedented. I don't don't know. What did Disney even have out at the time? Maybe Chicken Little. (laughs) No, that's definitely after Shrek. I was going to say, I know like, I don't think it was the last one, but I know that this was like kind of a sign of towards the end of traditionally animated yeah. films, at least for um, dreams. Disney gave up after Princess and the Frog and uh, Winnie the Pooh. Honestly, it was just a shift in people. People just yeah, weren't is. as interested and in traditional animation, and you could see that in the box numbers. 
Box numbers? Box office? Box office. <laughs> yeah, because, like, it just was a decline. And honestly, it's one of those things, because I think it has to do with our generation, too, because, like, with our generation, like, I still love animated movies. Yeah. But, like, a lot of more animated stuff, it's being geared more and more towards adults these days. And I think that's more or less of a sign of like, we grew up with those animations and we still like those animations, but we grew up. And so the animation in a weird way is growing up with us. And then the next generation, they kind of grew up with CGI. And so they just kind of geared CGI more towards children. And it's kind of a sign of the times, if anything. Well, I will say, I think traditional animation is going to get a, uh, a new rise, especially with streaming services like Netflix. And yeah, that is true. But like I said, a lot of those uh, animated films, though, too, they're more they're geared towards older people now, like not like some of them are on the nose adults. Like a good example was um, you probably know the name of the guy. I cannot think of his name off the top of my head, but the guy who made regular show. Oh, yeah. And how uh, his next animation is actually has to deal with, you know, being yeah, his is basically being a a parent in your late 20s. Yeah, he based it off his actual life. Yeah. But like, that's the thing is like. Because even regular show, like for being geared towards kids, was still kind of mature for what it is. I, I, it honestly was not geared towards kids. I'm gonna argue it was definitely geared towards like it's teenagers. On a no, I know so that. It, that's what I'm saying though, but like that's the thing is like he kind of realized like where his audience was, and I think it's the same thing. Like a good example is like the average person that watches, um, yeah, the average person who watched uh, SpongeBob during its time, or right, during its time, is was 25 years old. Yep. So, you know, kids who grew up in the 80s and 90s watching cartoons all the time, like that's what the animation is geared towards. Still that that same demographic, they just grew up. And I think that this is in a weird way, if we're going to talk about spirit, like that's kind of what it is, is. It was it almost felt like a breaking point between what is now the CGI animation and what used to be traditional animation. I mean, I would say that, too, but I was just looking at the animated movies that also released in 2002. You had Ice Age, Treasure Planet, Lilo and Stitch, The Cat Returns, Powerpuff oh, Girls, Arnold the Movie, Wild Thornberries, uh, Hunchback sequel, Balto sequel, Tarzan sequel, a couple Winnie the Pooh things. Like, so Lilo and Stitch, yeah, there's a good, there's one good movie at least. <laughs> How many of those movies were profitable though? Lilo probably and Stitch very, was Lilo and Stitch, but probably not Ice much Age. For the rest. Ice Age was too. That was like a huge hit. For Ice some Age was too, but Ice reason. Age was CGI. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Is like it kind of like. This was like around that time period whenever you saw less traditional animations and start seeing more CGI because the CGI was making more money. So it was a business decision to just start going more towards CGI. I'm trying to remember. I don't know if Leland Stitch did like amazing. I've never heard of people like hating on Lilo and Stitch like it was never like a flop it was always like people love the first movie and the second movie came out but it wasn't as adored because the second movie was weirdly enough like a placeholder to say like we're making a tv show now I think they had the tv show actually before they did the movie anyways um you look like I mean it, it did well in total it made 273 million with an 80 million dollar budget which is, seems to be like the basic budget for animated yeah, films yeah I think so um but like yeah so it like it was successful it's one of those things that I found out because I listened to Critical Role is they say like 30 minutes of professional or professional uh, animation costs like $750,000. And that's just like basic TV animation. And again, that's actually lowballing the animators too. A yeah, lot and of that's times. what I'm saying. Like, it's just like, it's just like a ballpark number is, you know, for 30 minutes, like set almost a million dollars for 30 minutes. Yeah. 
And so you get like an hour and a half movie and then you you get artists that are, you know, better than that. And so you're going to have to pay them better to make better animations and like make really pretty backgrounds. And like that's the thing about this movie. If there's anything that's redeeming about this movie is that the anim like the backgrounds are gorgeous yep. in this. And there actually are some animated scenes like where I, I don't know what it is about DreamWorks, but like that or like that. I like that early 2000s DreamWorks animations look for like the traditional stuff. Like a good example would be like Atlantis. Like I really love the animation for that movie. That was Disney. I don't think Atlantis is I think DreamWorks. DreamWorks did uh Rotel Dorado and Sinbad. I don't know. Well, if I also like the one. I liked Rotel Dorado too. Like I love the animation for that movie. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Atlantis is Disney. I was just looking up the uh Spirit Show that came to Netflix. It apparently has eight seasons and it came out in twenty seventeen. What the fuck? Also, it looks like How fast fucking... are they coming out with these seasons? Because it looks like fucking dog shit. Like their yeah. budget must be a Big Mac every week. <laughs> because this show looks like hot garbage, man. It looks worse than the Barbie movies. Yeah. Like it's bad, bad CGI. It looks awful. So the other thing I want to say here is looking all this stuff up, I learned that there is a new spirit movie that's going to be coming out in 2021 that is a sequel to the show. And if it looks anything like the show, then maybe they'll double their budget two big next a week. I don't know. <laughs> Watch it be like hyper realistic oh. yeah, source. <laughs> so yeah, I guess I am getting my our animation studios mixed up because I think it might have just been like that early 2000s look period. But um because, yeah, like I was going to say, like, I do like the way that DreamWorks does their traditional animation. And I was thinking that Atlantis was that, but it is Disney. So I was thinking, oh, maybe Titan AE. And then t turns out Titan AE was from Fox. So yeah. you just like the early 2000s animation. <laughs> uh, I, I guess. I don't know what it is about the hand-drawn stuff in the early 2000s, but I really liked it. Uh, That was like, there was a rise of like this really like gritty sketchiness that I like about a lot of 2000s. Uh, I think you could really see it starting really with the Powerpuff Girls. Like bold outlines really pops out to you. Really good use of colors, but um, yeah. And then yeah, so DreamWorks made three traditional animated movies. Once again, that is the Road to El Dorado, Sinbad, mm -hmm. and this one. And then they stopped. <laughs> and I think it's because all of them flopped. Honestly, yeah. Like I said, they they didn't do good. <laughs> Yeah, the Road to El Dorado, that one was a budget of $95 million, so they spent even more money on the animation for that. And the box office was sixty-seven or $76 million. Oof. Yeah, and that's, so they what, really that's the like, on that one. highest rated of the... I mean, that's a good movie. It is. Yeah. Ouch, that one had hurt. Yeah. It, I think that's one of those things that kind of does suck about with, I guess, like doing something like this, because I feel like some with like with the Road to El Dorado, I feel like that was somebody's... Uh, pet project in a way yeah. like that's some, a movie they really really wanted to make and then it came out and then it flopped and so it's just like great like you just cost us 20 million dollars so like what do we do now okay what if tarzan but horses greenlit go <laughs> i think next actually was sinbad so what uh -oh. if sinbad <laughs> i don't think i ever even watched sinbad to be i don't honest think anyone watched sinbad <laughs> yeah i didn't even know that, that was that's a movie fair that's that. fair and then, yeah, I think it's just like they technically did better with this one because I think it was, you know, around that early 2000s whenever they're making traditionally animated movies about animals. And they're like, what about horses? No one's done that yet. And <laughs> no one in the history of the world. Apparently there was an audience, but it was kind of one of those like a 
before its time because apparently people love this movie now. And then apparently they really love the animated show on Netflix. We can, are considering there's eight seasons because I didn't realize there was that many seasons in of that like show. three fucking years. Like, I, what I am still convinced that it's just people who don't actually remember the movie that well. Yeah, it has to be. And then the Netflix show is clearly just babies. Yeah, like even the way that it like is designed and the CG that's in it, it's not meant for adults to look at. It will hurt their eyes. But I think we have said way more about this horse movie <laughs> than anyone has probably said ever. The, okay, one thing, I, the last okay. thing I do want to say is the director uh, did pass away recently. Yes. And when we were looking this movie up to go and watch it on Hulu, it was on trending. You're like, what the fuck? Why is it on trending? And doing some research, found out the director of this and also the director of Shrek 2 did pass away recently. Um, Kelly Asbury directed this and he directed a bunch of other animated stuff. And I want to say, like, we're making fun of this movie, but there was clear love put into some parts of this movie. Yeah. The matte painting backgrounds look fucking gorgeous. I wish I could they just do. have one of those, honestly. And the animation, it seems like there was a lot of love put into the animation. It's just everything around that stuff just doesn't mesh well with what they've designed here. And I don't like the weird almost 3D thing that they did with that. I do think that just looks bad, unfortunately. I, I feel like it's one of those things, too. Like, I'm pretty sure back in the early 2000s, it probably did look great. But I think with us in 20, like, this movie 18 years later, it's not quite as good. Yeah. Kind of like the same thing. Like, if you watch the original Shrek now and see that animation compared to, like, what we see in CG movies now, like, that's a huge difference. It's a huge... It's it's literally just a different time period. Yeah. Well, like, even How to Train Your Dragon is a good one for that, too. Like, watching the first one, yeah. it looks fine. Right, it looks well, fine. It's not impressive. the newest one, ooh. Yeah, oh, my God. This is such a dry a thing to say. The third How to Train Your Dragon movie in 4K looks so good. <laughs> <laughs> and that's an animated movie. Dry never speaks good about that. <laughs> well, kind of. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, let's get on to our final thoughts here. E. Sure. I'm throwing you in the bus. Go for it. All right. I've been, I've been debating between 6, 5, and 4. I think <laughs> ultimately I'm going to go down and say it's a 4. I think it's such a mess. And really the best thing about it is just looking at it. I think, I think there's something here. I think there was probably some executive meddling that prevented this from being better. But if you really, really have the desire to just give your kids a mediocre movie instead of a good movie. <laughs> sure. It's there. But f four. There we go. Yeah. And uh, as for me, it's if you really like Bob Ross, <laughs> then looking at the backgrounds <laughs> of this movie, you're really going to get something out of it. But like the story is just so nothing. And the way that they try and treat horses as humans and have them as like an allegory for Native Americans while still having Native Americans kind of muddles the waters a bit, I would say. Um, I don't know. It's just not a good story. It repeats the one point it has over and over and over again. It's blissfully short. I will say that. It, it was like 70 minutes if we if you don't watch the credits. So like that's pretty short. And like the hand-drawn stuff is really good. The weird like... CG slash 2D 30 cell thing, whatever, yeah. doesn't look good, which really brings down a lot of the scenes that I think could have looked a lot better if they just maybe had more time or just 
went for more traditional art styles for a lot of those things. So that those those scenes suck. Things that are supposed to be like really amazing and compelling looking don't look good because they went for something that just didn't look good. Maybe at the time it was impressive, but n- it doesn't now. Uh, I'm I think I'm gonna give it I'm gonna give it a four as well. I agree with E. It really is just if you don't love your kids, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> then you can put this in front of them. And if you see a background of it, those always look really good. So maybe you get to see those sometimes. <laughs> what about you, Robbie? So with me being the one who picked this in kind of a panic cho- or in a little bit of a panic choice, um, <laughs> like it, it's fine. I think I'm more forgiving of it because it's a kid's movie. And I think it's one of those, we are in a sense cynical and we do point out a lot of bad things, but to be fair, like, I feel like it, if you were just like watching this with a group of friends, it wouldn't be an enjoyable movie. If you have a bunch of kids and like they're at a party or something or like you need to, you know, want your kid to watch something with beautiful animations in it or something like that, then it's fine. The storyline, like I said, it kind of like in a weird way kind of puts like the things that happened during the American Indian War and like it kind of shows it in the background. And it's something that, you know, parents could talk to their, their kids about it. Like, you're like, oh, yeah, this is kind of like stuff that happened uh, during the pioneer days and stuff like that. They want to use it as an educational purpose. So there is like a little bit there for parents to talk to their kids about. There is like, you know, it if anything, like I'm in agreement with you, if anything saves this movie, it's the beautiful shots that are in this with like the our nature scenes and everything and like the background scenes. There are some scenes that are a little bit wonky. I'll give you that. Like you said, like we're the he just kind of standing on the wall of a, uh, of a canyon. Uh, how he basically just climbs up, like whenever it has that scene where he does the jump, which I guess another little fun fact is, uh, even though there was like a lot of scenery with it at the beginning of the movie, whenever he's running with that eagle and the eagle's flying right above him, so it looks like he has wings. I guess they were going to have like either an eagle fly above him to where it looks like there's wings on the, or yeah, <laughs> like there's wings on him, like he's flying, or they're going to put it in the clouds, but they realized that that was two on the, like, for some reason, that was scrapped, and so they just had him jumping that scene. <laughs> that was the breaking point. <laughs> yeah, that was yeah. the thing. <laughs> that was the thing you're like, oh, I don't know about that one. But because, like you said, I do agree with you that sometimes like narration is almost never really the answer with a lot of these things. And you are right. like Just having one Matt Damon speak for all the horses doesn't really work all that well. And so, like, this isn't exactly, you know, a movie you go and watch out with the bros or something like that, but <laughs> it is it is a kid's movie. And so I'm a little bit more forgiving of that. And if anything does save it, it is definitely the beautiful animation of it. But you are right. And like a joke that you weren't sure about earlier, it is a little bit too on the bridle. Is that what the nose is called? Yep. <laughs> B-R-I-D-L-E. But yeah, it is. So I, I would say, but all in all, for its time being early 2000s, this is very much a product of its time. I'll give it a five out of ten. <laughs> okay, one point the more positive. Rate, yeah. <laughs> the most esteem rating you will get on this podcast. <laughs> Two fours and a five. Yep, that's, yep. That puts it on par with some of the other movies we've seen. All right. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, there's some movies that eventually I'm going to show you guys. Like, if it gets above a three, I'll be surprised. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> we have to watch crap movie at some point. Well. If you guys want to get a hold of us, you can do that on our social media. We are on Twitter and Facebook, Last Ones In and Last Ones In Podcast. You can contact us by email. Send us your horses. 
<laughs> the last one's just give in. Us a horse. I know that they sell for like $4,000 these days, but just give us a horse. Email us your horse. The last <laughs> one's in podcast at gmail.com. Once again, that is the last one's in podcast at gmail.com. And if you guys are out there protesting, protest safely. Masks, gloves if possible, always hand sanitizer. Get tested if you can. If you can't, just be as safe as possible. You know. If anything, considering like the political climate that we're in, I think one thing that we can say is like, just be kind to your fellow human being too. Like if you're going to be mean about something, be mean about movies like we are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and be kind to the people around you. Yeah. Yeah. Be, don't be a dick. That's always good yeah. advice. I agree. But thank you guys for joining me for this one. Thank you, Robbie, for the movie recommendation. Ah, uh, like it's. <laughs> <laughs> We're not mad at you. We're of- mad at DreamWorks. But uh, be safe out there, guys. Don't be a dick. Stay alone. Stay home. Stay alive. Have a great week. Come to our live show every Saturday on Podbean.com. <laughs> or don't. We're not your mothers. That's true. We're not your horse moms. Yeah. We're not your cow. Have a great night, week, month. Talk to you guys later. See ya. Hasta later. Spirit, Stallion of the Cimarron, follows the adventure of a wild rom- arm. Take two. <laughs> Lately, I've been ignoring numbers that I don't recognize because, like, I've been getting random calls at, like, noon. And whenever I answer them, it's been those calls of, like, we've been trying to reach you about your extended, our car's extended warranty. And so I've been ignoring those. Apparently, one of them was my old job trying to get me back because I guess they're rehiring a bunch of people that used to work there. And you're like, fuck off. Manufacturing seems terrible. <laughs> You say that every single time that I tell you about my job. It's not sounded great yet. It's not sounded like a good idea once. Now, to be fair, I messed us up without having to deal with the pandemic. I just got a job. <laughs> like, listen, to be fair, this was not the pandemic. Yeah, fault. that was 100% on me and also capitalism. <laughs> so maybe we should just get rid of capitalism all, and then we can have more podcasts. Just a, just a thought for the viewers. Yeah, yeah that's a good If you guys idea. want more podcasts, if maybe we can destroy the capitalism <laughs> and Jeff Bezos' business, then we can have more time for the podcast. Yeah. You want more podcasts? Dismantle the establishment. <laughs> <laughs>